are you a strong Christian? Or are you a weak Christian? My prayer is that you will go from a weak Christian to a strong Christian in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And that is the purpose of our talk. We are discussing how you can become a strong Christian. For example, many of us, before we ended up where we are now, you were involved in many relationships. Would you, would you agree with me? Yes, you have dated people before. But the fact is the people you dated before, you are not with them today. Do you know why? Because either yourself or the other person was not strong in the relationship. For the relationship to work, it's not enough to be in the relationship. You have to be strong in the relationship for the relationship to work. Anything that you are not strong in will not work. It's not enough to be married. You need to be strong in the marriage. Don't just be in the marriage. Be strong in it. And then the marriage will work. Don't just be in the church. Be strong in the church. If you are not strong in the church, you, the church will not work for you. I mean, I can take you to your relationship. The people that you break up with, you became weak in the relationship. When they send the WhatsApp, you, you don't read it. Or you ignore it. Or you lie, you say your phone, your phone got lost. Meanwhile, you change your number. You see, when, you, when the person just I, I lost my phone, oh, I, I was sick. You know, when they start lying, they are no more strong in the relationship. And what they are trying to tell you is that I'm pulling out of the relationship. When a person starts missing church, they, they come this way, they, they are no more strong in the church. Something else has taken them. They are not, the person that is weak in the church is strong somewhere else. And the moment you become weak in a thing, it's a matter of time, you will find yourself separating from that thing. So people that are weak in the Lord, after a while, they backslide. Because they are not strong in him. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You are becoming strong as I'm teaching. You are becoming strong. You are becoming strong in the name of Jesus. You shall not be a weak Christian. You shall not be a weak Christian. The Bible said, be strong. Don't try. Be. Be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. In your area, there are probably mad people. But there is a person there that is strong in madness. Among all of them. Do you understand? Even in madness, there are levels and levels. You see, there is a guy in your area. There are mad people, but he is madder than them. When they want to compete with him, he takes the whole madness to a whole new level and he removes his clothes and says, You know, the other people are mad, but they say, No, this is, this is serious. They pull out. No, they pull out. So we are all mad, but you are madder. Hallelujah. In Christianity, we are all strong, but you should be stronger. You should be stronger. 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 Now, what I'm saying is, 
It's not enough to be in grade 12. My God, my God, my God, my God. Be strong in grade 12. The people that pass metric in grade 12 are not everybody who is in grade 12. Many people are in grade 12, but they are not strong in grade 12. That's why they fail exam. Because it's not enough to be in the class. You need to be strong in the class. Strong. It's not enough to be in the Lord. How strong are you? In the Lord. So I'm giving you seven habits. Seven habits that people that are strong in the Lord, these are the habits that make them to become like that. Nobody is strong in the Lord because they were born in a Christian family. No. There's nothing like that. I am not a strong Christian because my name is Pastor Pascal. No. There are habits that make a person and if you can learn these habits today, no matter what you are, you can be the biggest dummy in this church. If you can learn these habits, you will, be, you will arise and emerge the wisest in this church. Amen. Habit number one. Have a leader. Do you want to become a strong Christian? The first habit of a strong Christian is that a strong Christian has a leader. So my first question to you is, who is your leader? Please, ask the person next to you, who is thy leader? Oh, maybe the question should be, do you even have a leader? Matthew chapter 4 verse 19. And he said unto them, follow me and I will make you. Ladies and gentlemen, this was Jesus speaking to fishermen by the name of Simon Peter and Andrew his brother. These guys were not Christians. They did not have anything about God in them. They were just fishermen. And when Jesus wanted to make them strong Christians, he didn't send them to a church. He didn't send them to a Bible school. He didn't send them to a preschool. He said to them, follow me. Follow me. The first step in becoming anything in God, you should follow somebody. Now, let's find these disciples in the book of Acts chapter 4, verse 13. The Bible says, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that these were unlearned and ignorant men. You see, your background is irrelevant. They marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with who? With Jesus. Jesus, in the beginning of their Christianity, said, follow me. 
And when Jesus went back to heaven, people looked at these men and they were totally amazed. Man, guys, we never saw you in school. You are unlearned. We never saw you where we were learning. But how come you are speaking with so much confidence and boldness? Oh, I think I know why. Your leader was Jesus. Your leader was Jesus. And that's why you are the way you are. Can I tell you something? You are who you follow. I am not surprised of the success of Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey was following Maya Angelou. I am not surprised by the success of Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg follows Bill Gates. Bill Gates follows Warren Buffett. I am not surprised of their success. I am not surprised. I am not surprised. I am not surprised that Joshua became Joshua. Joshua was following Moses. It's normal. I am not surprised that Elisha is the one who got a double portion. Elisha was not just one of the students in the school of the prophets. Elisha was following Elijah very closely. Who are you following? Who is your leader? Follow me and I will make you. Brothers and sisters, those who are made are those who follow. The reason you are not made into anything is because you are not following anybody. And it takes me to the main problem of Christians, which is pride. I always tell you. Many Christians believe they don't need anybody. They don't want to be accountable to anybody. They want to come to church when they want without having to answer to anybody. They want to attend the programs they like. They don't want to have to answer anybody. And this is the reason why they are weak. Because you don't know everything. And as long as you are leading yourself, you will only lead yourself to the degree you know yourself. You don't know much. You don't know much. In fact, you don't know nothing. I'm teaching. Nobody should rebuke them. Nobody should correct them. The moment you correct her a little bit, she's offended and she's out. Nobody should tell them nothing. They are leading themselves. They come when they want. They go there when they want. They don't follow anybody. And that's why they are not strong. Because brothers and sisters, for my thousand to be a strong boxer, he has to listen to instructions from a coach. And the coach will say to him, I know you can box better than me, 
but I'm telling you, you're going to wake up at 4 a.m. and you're going to run from that area to that area and when you come back, you're going to enter the gym and you're going to work out for three hours. Yes, sir. And out of that training, my cousin emerges. You don't have a coach. So you wake up at the time you like. You go to bed at the time you like. No wonder when you enter the field within five minutes that you are in the ring. KO. Knockout. 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 I want you to think deeply about this. Who is your leader? Who speaks into your life? Who can correct you when you are going wrong? Do you have it? Do you have a person that has the right to say, stop it now? Or you are your own leader? Why do you know Peter today? Did you know Peter before? There was no Peter. He was an, an irrelevant entity in Israel. Including Judas Iscariot. Even the man who betrayed Jesus has become popular just by following Jesus. Do you think those were the only people? Don't you realize that Jesus selected 12? What about the other ones? Do you know their names? Do you know the name of the other people? Do you know why you don't know their names? Because they were not selected. Do you know why you only know the names of the 11 people that are in the field when Kaiser Chiefs is playing? Do you think that those are the only people that play in South Africa? Those are the ones that were selected. And those are the ones that have subjected themselves to the instructions of the coach. A coach never puts on the field a player who doesn't listen to him. There are many good players that are sitting because they are too proud to follow instructions. They want their personal glory. So when they enter the field, it's not about teamwork. It's about my work. And because of their pride, the team keeps failing. So the coach says, you will not enter yet. You can play, but you don't have character. There are many people that God is saying, I can't give you a husband yet. You are beautiful, but you don't have character. I know you are crying for this blessing and I know you are working out here but you don't have this part. So I'm sorry, I can't give it to you yet. And you, do, you also don't want to allow somebody to train you. You've refused training. You always get offended. Do you know why? Do you know why Bob Marley died at age 36? At the peak of his career, Bob Marley died. A young man. He was only 36 years, if not 33, somewhere between 33 and 36. Do you know how Bob Marley died? All my life, I thought Bob Marley died because he was smoking weed. Until recently when I got to know the real story, why Bob Marley died. Do you want to know how Bob Marley died and why Bob Marley died? I'm asking, do you want to know why Bob Marley died? 
was loved all over the world. He died like a chicken. This is how Bob Marley died. Let me tell you something. Bob Marley was very good with music, as we all know. But he had a special love for soccer. Many people don't know that about Bob Marley. So his pastime was playing soccer. If you watch the videos and the documentary, you'll see Bob Marley playing soccer in many videos. He loved soccer. And one day Bob Marley is playing soccer with his friends and his other musicians, and he feels a sharp pain in his brain. The pain is paralyzing him. They rush him to the hospital. The doctor does the test and everything. And the doctor says to Bob Marley, you know, I'm so glad you came to me on time. We have detected something in you. It's not something nice, but you came at the right time. We have discovered that you have cancer. And the doctor told him, the cancer is on your toe. It's still on your toe. It hasn't gone far. The only way for us to save your life, we need to cut your toe. But Marley said, yeah, man, yeah, man. Yeah, man. No, come and take a big mad man. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. The doctor says to Bob Marley, Marley, listen. This thing is not nice. Yeah, man. And listen to what Bob Marley says to the doctor. He says to the doctor, look. Look here, man. I'm a musician, man. When I dance on stage, and he says to the doctor, if you cut my toe while I'm dancing, I'm going to fall. Do you believe that Bob Marley walked out of the hospital? Say, no man is going to cut my toe, man. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, yeah, man, yeah, man. Yeah, man. He is Bob Marley. Who tells him what to do? How can you tell Bob Marley what to do? Who are you to tell Bob Marley anything? You are a small doctor. Who knows you? In fact, you are known because of me. Who knows you? You have no name. I am the man with the name. Who are you? To be telling me to cut my toe. He walked out. Full of pride. And the cancer said, thank you very much. It spread in the whole body. By the time Bob Marley woke up, he was in stage four of cancer. His musicians are saying after his last show, he kept saying to them, repeat the song. Repeat the song. 
And they didn't know this man who is saying, repeat the song. This is the last time he will ever going to sing in his whole life. After the show, he fell sick. They rushed him to Germany because they said in Germany there was a guy who knew how to treat stage four of cancer. The man tried nothing. He said to them, guys, I can't do anything. Let him go home and die. That's how Bob Marley died. Bob Marley didn't have to die if he had listened to the coach. Many Christians don't have to die, but they don't listen to anybody. Nobody can tell them anything. Nobody can instruct them. Nobody can correct them. That's why they die prematurely. You shall not die prematurely in the name of Jesus Christ. Submit to instruction. Have a leader. Have a person you go to. A person you can open your heart and say, this is what is happening. This is what is going on. This is what I'm struggling with. Many of us that are sitting here now, there are spiritual cancers that are already at work. And you are not allowing a doctor to help you cut it off. You are saying, yeah, man. big bug man, man, man. We don't even know what you are saying. You know, sometimes Bob Marley will speak, I will repeat, I don't hear anything he's saying. I can understand. Don't listen to yeah, man. That's all I hear. You are changing in Jesus' name. Submit yourself to a leader who can guide you, who can help you. If Jesus was able to say to Peter, follow me, if Peter said, who are you? I am working here. Can't you say I'm working? You are coming out of nowhere. You are telling me to follow you. Where, where are we going? Follow you where? I mean, did you even eat this morning? People are hungry. They are moving around asking people to follow them. Who are you to ask me to follow you? Follow me. Follow you. Follow me to Calvary. But when you follow me to the cross, you will make a name in history. We are following. If you are here, you are struggling to have a leader. Listen to me. You can never become anything without a leader. Never. It's impossible. Even in the occult, nobody rises on their own. There is a master who teaches everybody. There is nowhere you can go in this world and you are rising by yourself. You are a self-made Christian. You are an island. You don't associate. Nobody talks to you, you talk to nobody. Ah. That's your Christianity is not going to work. It's not going to work. So you want to be a strong Christian? Stage one. Find a leader. Come under a leader. I say come under a leader. Submit yourself to somebody that you can listen to. 
and let them correct you when you need correction. Let them encourage you when you need encouragement. The job of a leader is not just to correct. It's also to encourage. Do you know that many people fail because they don't have encouragement? They are working so hard, but there is nobody to say well done. There is nobody to appreciate their effort, so they get discouraged because they're not hearing any encouragement. Have a leader. Have your Moses. Have your Elijah. And many of you know who your leader are, but you don't respect them. You don't value them. You compete with them. We are changing in Jesus' name. Number two, pray in thanks for one hour every day. You see, I'm giving you the habits that will make you a strong Christian. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the thing I like watching on TV is the Olympics. And usually, the one I like is the 100 meters. Let me check my time. Okay. The 100 meters. The 100 meters, before they start, they present all the candidates to you. They come on your screen. They tell you the name of the person, what he has done, all of that. You know, every time I watch that presentation, there is usually a person that my heart will go for. And I said, this one is going to win. And do you know the people I usually go for? You know these flashy Americans? They do like this. When you see the muscles, hey! And they are wearing sharp sunglasses. Everything is flashy, like you are just attracted to the, 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 the body and everything you are saying. You say, wow, this guy's going to win. And usually you see when they show, 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 then you come across a guy from Somalia. He's just standing there. He's just, he's just there like this. There is no muscles. There is no shiny glasses. He is just doing like this. And when you look at him, he looks like he didn't eat. He's just there. He's just there like this. So you are thinking, this guy, ah, no, 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 no. There's nothing there. Ah, there's nothing there. Then, they ring the bell. Bing! Then you're American. He starts with strength. After the first round, do you understand? He starts going slower. <laughs> and the Somalian, that you were thinking there is nothing, he's just starting. He, he, in fact, he's waking up. He's just beginning to wake up. He's just beginning to wake up. Then the second turn, by now, the American, is, the, the tongue is beginning to come out. And the Somalian. Do you know what is happening? The moment 
they ring the bell, your habits start speaking. Not your flashy, flashy. You see, that my Somalian brother, he might not have the shiny glasses. But every morning he wakes up at four, runs on top of mountains. It is a habit. The American, hey, hi, baby, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to the gym, you know what I'm saying? Okay. Hey, he's going to the gym. The Somalian brother doesn't have gym. He has mountains. He's running around. And he doesn't know that this habit he is developing is going to lead him to victory. When they ring the bell, where you are coming from doesn't matter. The name of your mother doesn't matter. The name of your father doesn't matter. What matters is your habits. Habit number two. Pray in tongues for one hour every day. Jude 1 verse 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do you build yourself in your faith? What is the faith of a Muslim? It's Islam. I don't know how they build themselves up in that faith, but they have a way. The faith of a Hindu is Hinduism. The faith of a Christian is Christianity. So how do you build up yourself in your faith? You pray in the Holy Ghost. That is how Christians are built. You know, when I finished preaching this message this morning in Mokwasa, the church was so fired up. A young man followed me behind. He said, Pastor, Pastor, he stopped me. He said, Pastor, look, what are you saying? What are you saying? He says, this morning, as I'm finished, I'm going, I'm rushing. That's why I came late here. He's saying to me, Pastor, but the Bible says that some, only some people can speak in tongues. I said, no, son, there's nothing like that in the Bible. And I started a quick teaching for him. When I was done, he said, Pastor, you have helped me. You have helped me. It means this young man, all his life, he thought only certain people have the right to speak in tongues. No wonder he's a weak Christian. I feel sorry for Christians who don't speak in tongues. I feel very sorry for them. I feel sorry for dignified Christians. They don't speak in tongues. Tongues is not for them. They are never built up. My desire is that everybody in this church, you're going to be a blood-washed, tongue-speaking Christian. Tongue-speaking. 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 Give me Mark 16, verse 16, I think, 15 or 16. It's not in, is it 15? 16, Mark 16, 16. It's not in my preaching, but I want to show you something quickly. Mark 16, 16. 
Jesus is Lord. Amen. Shouldn't take so long, guys. Come on. Mark 16, 16. Give me 15. Oh, 17, eh? 17, sorry, yeah. Mark 16, 17, sorry, yes. Let's go see her, please. These are the signs that shall follow them that believe. Ask your neighbor, are you a believer? What are they saying? These are the signs that shall follow those that believe. Number one, in my name. These are not the signs that will follow pastors. These signs follow any believer. Ask your neighbor, are you a believer? Are you a believer? I said, the first sign of a believer is that you cast out devils. So you can see how, di how different the Christians of these days are. They are afraid of devils. Meanwhile, the Bible says that a real Christian, your first sign, you say, in the name of Jesus, come out, and the devil is, is going out. The second sign is they shall speak. That sign is telling you you have entered Northwest. Now, how do you know that you have become a believer? The first sign, you cast out devils. That once you start casting out devils, you, this is a sign. I'm now a real believer. Number two, you speak in tongues. So these believers that don't speak in tongues, I don't understand their Christianity. I want you to come out of that group very fast. Come out of that group. It's a weak group. And I'm saying it respectfully. I'm not saying you are weak. I'm saying that the people who have that habit are not strong when the time comes. And why should you pray for an hour? Matthew 26, verse 40. Don't worry, the rest of the points, I'm going to take you through them faster. So we can go. Matthew 26, verse 40. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? Jesus is asking Peter, could you not stay watch one hour? How far can you go with me if you cannot pray for one hour? And many believers cannot pray for 10 minutes. They can't. Actually, there is a pastor who told another pastor that, hey, I heard you saying that a pastor must pray for three hours. Me, I tell you, I cannot pray for 15 minutes. A pastor, he told another pastor that he cannot pray for 15 minutes. Right here in this South Africa. It was a South African pastor. He told another pastor, me, I cannot pray for 15 minutes. He says, after I pray for 15 minutes, I don't know what to say again. Then I asked myself, 
If the pastor cannot pray for 15 minutes, how about the Christian? How about his, his members? Peter was not a pastor here. He was just a disciple. And you are a disciple. Peter was not an apostle yet. He was just an errand boy. And Jesus is asking him, you cannot pray for one hour? One hour is too much. You have 24 hours. You bath for 45 minutes sometimes, one hour. And you can't pray for one hour. And you want to defeat the devil that has been around for millions of years? How are you going to win? You can't stay watch for one hour. So this is why Christians are weak. Because they can't pray for one hour solid. Now, I want to be honest with you. I cannot pray with understanding for one hour. Like meaning, Lord, I thank you for the son. I thank you for my life. I thank you for my wife. I thank you for Israel. I thank you for Zion. I thank you for Talia. I thank you for my father. And I thank you for my mother-in-law. And I remember I thank you also the mountain and all the stars in this. Look, I, I will also get out of words to say. After speaking with understanding for one hour, I will be tired. So God gave us the blessing of tongues. When you speak in tongues, it is not you speaking. It is the spirit in you praying. And your tongues don't have a... That when your tongues start flowing, they can flow for hours. You know, I can start now until for a long time. Because in the spirit realm, there is no tiredness. So how can I manage to pray for one hour? I need to pray in tongues. Why should I pray for one hour? Because that is the least a disciple should be able to do. There are certain universities, before they even consider you, they check your marks. If you don't have a certain mark, you can't go there. So if you want, you cannot become a strong Christian if some of the smallest things you can't do. You are praying for one hour in Jesus' name. Yeah. I say, I see that grace coming on you. The grace to be able to pray for one solid hour in tongues, in tongues. You are in your room and you are That's my daughter here, uh, Cece. The other day I asked her, because I always take them, I sit with them, I ask, how long did you pray the other day? And she says to me, the day I prayed for one hour. I said, how did you know that you prayed for one hour? You know what she told me? She says to me, the day I have a song. Is it in your phone? She has a song in her phone, and the song lasts for one hour. So she knows, when she starts the song, when the song is finished, she knows she has prayed for an hour. Other people in the church, they put an alarm. <laughs> so if I start praying at 8, I put the alarm at 9. So that I don't have to keep checking. Is it 9 yet? Is it 9 yet? No. If you don't hear the alarm, keep praying. <laughs> Many times I put the alarm and I thought maybe the alarm went off. <laughs> I went to check. Hey, what is happening? Why are you not clocking yet? And it's just 30 minutes, and the alarm is saying, no, Baba, go back and pray. You haven't prayed. 
You haven't prayed. I see you praying for one hour. One solid hour. One solid hour. We need strong Christians. So I want to be a strong Christian. You see, you can become one. Pray for one hour. Every day. Wake up at five. Wake up at four. Pray from four to five. Every day. You will see what will happen with your Christianity. You will see for yourself. You will see for yourself. Yeah. There is a young man that was here in our church before. Angela. I always tell you guys about Angela. One day Angela says to me, Pastor, I was praying and I saw a dream. A big snake was trying to tie this. You know, the, the moment you really start praying, you will realize that you see your house is not as peaceful as you thought it is. There are many things that are just having fun in the house. Because you are always asleep, like the disciples were sleeping. You cannot depend only on what pastor is teaching here. You need to rise up, because I, I am not in, the, in your house. I don't know what is happening there in the night. You are the one in the house. I didn't know there were snakes in the area where the young man was. But when he started listening to my instruction, I said to him, begin to pray for one hour. When he started praying for one hour, the first thing, his dreams, he started seeing big snakes wanting to tie itself around him. Yeah. Oh, you don't know how Satan is happy that you are not praying. And especially you are not praying in the spirit. Hmm? There is another one there. He told me also, he's, he said he was praying and he saw in a dream a blue bird. And he killed the blue bird in the dream. Guess what? In the morning when he woke up, there was a blue bird in the yard. He is in this church and he's in the building. If I'm lying, he can tell you. He told me, Pastor, I killed the bird in my dream. When I woke up, there was the bed. The Bible says, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. A strong Christian should be able to bind devils. That is the first sign that you are a Christian. Is that you are binding devils, you are casting them out. Every time you are praying, you must always have a session in your prayer where you are binding devils. You shouldn't just pray and the prayer is always now. There must be a time of warfare in your prayer. There must be worship in your prayer. There must be warfare in your prayer also. At a certain session in your prayer, say, every devil in this compound, I bind you in the name of Jesus. Every ancestral worship, I bind you. You start binding them. You will see how things are going to start changing. In your life, you will see. You try it. Try praying for one hour, a whole week. Every day you pray for one hour, you will tell me what will happen. These are my recommendations for you to become a strong Christian. Amen? Amen. Number three, have a quiet time every day. Quiet time means read your Bible every day. This is how you become strong. Not with pastor laying hands on you. Read your Bible every day. Now, here is the problem. You don't even have a Bible. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I command you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up. 
and to give you an inheritance. So the word of God builds people up. The word can build you up. And one of the things that you, if you read, if you were listening to the song, as my daughter was singing, you know, there was a place where I said that the inner man focusing on the inner man. Your inner man needs the word for him to be built up. Your inner man is the real you. We call him the cryptos man. I mean, inner man, the man inside. Cryptos man. The hidden man. That is the real you. That is the you that comes out of your body when you die. That's the real you. Focus on that inner man. And the, we see that when you read the word, when you spend time in the word of God, you get built up inside. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you something quickly. For you to know a weak Christian, weak Christians are usually easy to, to spot. They are always sad. And they are always depressed. They, their faces are always sour. Yeah. Like, there's no joy in their face. A strong Christian cannot be depressed. A strong Christian cannot be sad all the time. A strong Christian cannot be always worried. It's a sign. There are things that are worrying you. And these things have even reshaped your face. One of the first signs that God is inside you is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Next, joy. The Bible says, in his presence is fullness of joy. So people that have God are usually happy people. And people that don't have God are usually sad people. Sad. The oil of gladness is not there. They rather have a spirit of heaviness. And can I tell you something about this sad face you keep having? Sad face takes you to the grave before your time. Now, let me tell you something about a sad face. You think the Bible says that. Eh? When your spirit inside of you, the Bible says that a broken spirit, you understand, affects your bones. So it means that when you are sad, your spirit is broken, it affects your body. Your body starts breaking. Ask any doctor. We have some doctors that they will tell you that the more down you are inside, the easier it is for you to die. Like even when they want to operate you, they cannot really operate you if you are down. It is called a spirit of heaviness because the real you is not your body, it's inside. Yeah. So listen, I have heard of people, for example, Catherine Kuhlman, 
who was a very powerful preacher. She couldn't die. Like, it reached a stage where the doctor said, I think she wants to go. Let's allow her to go. Because as long as your spirit is alive, there's, even if your body wants to die, your body cannot die. When your spirit wants to leave, this is the force that, that's why they train soldiers to be strong in the mind. Because when you are strong in your mind, even when they shoot the bullet, if you think about your children, you think about your wife, you say, I cannot die on this field. I'm telling you, you will not die. You will not die. You will not die. So they train you to also be strong mentally because they know that your mental strength affects your physical body. Now, these believers that are always depressed, always sad. I mean, you are not even 20, but you already look like you are 50. So, now, when you are 50, you will look like you are 103. You are not married yet, but your face is as if you are married with seven children. No joy. The man is trying to date you, but hey, he is dodging the, the face. He said, say you hit there, he goes this way. Hey, he He's dodging your funny colors because you see, the way you are inside is how you dress outside. So those your funny colors, he's dodging them. Hey, he's trying to. Always sad. What do you think Jesus was always sad? I'm asking you. Will you follow a sad person? He's always sad, always depressed. I want to die. And I was I was thinking of dying yesterday, but and I, I postponed it for today. Even this morning I wanted to die, but somebody disturbed my plans. So now I have postponed it for tomorrow. I think tomorrow I will die. Will you trust a person? A person who, who, who wants to die? Receive joy in the name of Jesus. Receive joy in the name of Jesus. Receive joy in the name of Jesus. My God, we are not a dead church. Only dead people don't smile. Listen, a dead man cannot smile. You can tickle him until you he will never smile. You tickle, tickle, tickle. He will just look at you. And there are many believers that are like that. Pastor can be preaching powerful stuff. In fact, they are offended that the person next to them is laughing too much. So, so they look at you. Receive joy in the name of Jesus. A strong Christian is happy. Happy. You are not forcing it. The Holy Spirit is in you. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
And I want to talk to some of you who want things to change before you can smile. That is not how we operate in this kingdom. We work by faith and not by sight. In other words, I keep smiling. The harder it gets. <laughs> then it seems to go. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> laughter laughter is one of the signs of the Holy Spirit in you mm. and you know you will laugh like that one day and you will laugh and the thing will change just like that you will just laugh it out you will laugh your way out of that thing you will smile your way out of that thing you smile your way you smile your way you smile your way many people they are like a dead corpse actually right now they are in the mutual no joy come to church sad leave church sad go home sad eat the joke sad Even the food is feeling sorry for itself that I'm entering into this sad stomach. This sad stomach. I'm entering there. You are receiving some joy. You are receiving some joy. You are receiving some joy. Receiving some joy. Be happy. Be excited. Let me tell you something. Blessing comes to excited people. It's like, it's, it's a magnet. It, you attract who you are. If you are a happy person, you will attract happy moments. Happy events. And even when a bad event can, because you are happy, you turn a bad event into a happy event. Because you are always happy. You are always happy. But a bad and a sad person, even when the happy event come, because of their climate and atmosphere, they will turn a happy news into a sad news. Oh, we are so happy for you. You got a job. Yeah. The reason you are happy is because you don't know how much they're paying me. If you can know how much they're paying me, you will not be that happy the way you are happy. There. Something nice has not turned into sadness. Hey, we are so happy we, we heard you got engaged. Well, it's because you don't know where he bought that ring. He went there to the Chinese shop. Went to the Chinese shop and got some Hong Kong ring. Come here. You know, when I think about that engagement, I'm not even happy. He go and get some Hong Kong ring and bring some Hong Kong rice and it's a Hong Kong restaurant with some Hong Kong restaurant and managers. Everything was just Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Hong Kong, Hong Kong. You can turn a blessing into a curse by the atmosphere around you. So I have chosen to be happy. And I challenge you to be happy. The Bible says, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say, rejoice, rejoice. Be happy, be happy, be happy, be happy, be happy, be happy. 
think Paul didn't know that these people had problems? He said, listen, I'm telling you, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say, rejoice. 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 I believe by rejoicing, you add yes to your life. And by always being depressed, you reduce yes to your life. It's true. People that are always sad, if they are not careful, they will die before the time. Show me a sad person that has reached a hundred years. I have watched the Guinness Book of Records. They show 103. She's smiling. That's why she's 103. This one, by the time she's 25, she looks like 150. I'm telling all my son, never date a sad girl. Don't date her. Don't date her. Don't date her. And I'm telling my daughters, never date a depressed brother. Don't date him. Don't date him. Never date him. He wants to bring his depression in your little happiness. Then your mother starts saying, ever since you started dating this guy, we are no more happy in this house. Because the depression has moved from the man to you. Then one day you hear he took a gun, like this guy who killed his wife here in Soweto last week. He killed the wife and the two sons. And buried them. They found them a few days later. I heard about the story yesterday. He killed his wife, buried her, killed the two sons, buried in Soweto, here in South Africa, here. Buried them in the yard. They arrested him. When I'm teaching, you think I'm joking. I always tell you guys, when I teach, don't just be excited. Listen. Many times you think you are hearing, but you are not hearing. Then when the test comes, it finds people that are not ready to, 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 to pass. You shall pass the test. Number four, have spiritual friends. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 33 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupt good character. It doesn't matter how nice I teach here in the church. If you have friends that are not spiritual, they will clear this preaching in one hour. My biggest competition in this church is not the devil. It's your best friend. Your best friend is my competition. Everything I teach, he unteaches. Everything I preach, she unpreaches. She is my competition. I have realized that. He is my competition. The Bible says, do not be misled. No, don't be deceived. Oh, you know, pastor, he's a good guy. It's just that you don't know him. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He doesn't just come to church. Shut up. Didimala. Oh no, Pastor, you know he watches TV. He watches TV programs on TV. And you know he's a good, a very good person. Oh, Pastor, she's such a good person. You know, it's just that you don't know her. I don't need to know her. If she is not spiritual, she is taking you down. 
It's as simple as that. Walk with the wise, you will be wise. The company of fools will be destroyed. One of the, the most amazing things I have seen in the church, many Christians, their best friends are not Christians. Like their best, best, best buddies. Their best buddies don't go to church. I can't understand that synergy. The Bible says, what, what is there between light and darkness? Some of them are even dating unbelievers. After, after they raise their hands to the Holy Spirit here, then they go and use the very same hands to be holding the lady and say, touch me baby, touch me baby, touch me baby. The very same hands. They use this man to say, Lord, I love you. Then they say, mmm, kiss me, baby, kiss me, baby. Mmm. The very same mouth. So I'm telling you, your best friend is my competition. Many of us, the reason why you are not growing spiritually is because of that friend. You see that friend, the one I'm talking about, that one you are thinking about, she's the one. I know you think she's innocent. I know you think he is innocent. But his name is not innocent. He has a name. Number five, go to church regularly. Go to church regularly. Hebrews 10, 25, not giving up to, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. See, so some people are in the habit of not meeting with us regularly. They come one week, they skip three weeks, they come one week, they skip four weeks, they come two weeks, they skip seven weeks. They, they, are, they are not regular. And the Bible says not, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. You see, they have a habit. They have a habit, but they have a bad habit. It's a habit. Not coming to church can become a habit. Not coming for prayer can become a habit. A bad habit. And the day they come to church, everything must, must, must revolve. We must all sing and dance around them. But let us encourage one another. You know what happens when you come to church? You encourage me. And I encourage you. Imagine you come to church this morning. Pastor Pascal is not there. Pastor Pumi is not there. Brother Alex, stand up my son. When he stands on stage, the fire comes on stage. He's not there. Sia is not there. Bradley is not there. Nobody is there. Will you feel encouraged? Will you not feel encouraged? Do you know that that is how some people feel when they come and they don't see you? They don't feel encouraged. Because there are some people who come to this church just because of you. 
They might never tell you, but actually every time they come and they see you, they are happy. I know this because I was like that. There were some people, when I see them in the church, I didn't care about the pastor. Young man, pastor. I wasn't interested. My, my thing was, there is a certain brother or a certain sister. When I see them, I'm okay. I'm okay. Let, let, the, church, no, let the church go on. Let the church go on. No, let, let us have church. Let us have church. Let us have church. And when I come to church and that person is not there, and the pastor goes on stage, I say, yeah, man, pastor, yeah, man. Yeah, man, pastor, preach your thing and get out of that stage, pastor. Because the person who is encouraging me is not there. You don't know every time you come to church, there is a brother who is encouraged. There is a sister who is encouraged. So I want to challenge you, don't miss church. Church encourages you and church encourages other people. Number six. Number six. Listen to podcasts. Or listen to preaching. I'm closing. Not all of us have songs in our phones anymore. There is an app on my phone that tells me how long I have been watching my phone. Like I have been watching the screen. It's a screen monitor. It monitors my screening. Every time I switch on my phone and I'm on the phone, I'm on WhatsApp, wherever I am, he is monitoring the hours I'm spending on it. So if I want to know how many times have I watched, have I been on my phone this week, I just go to that app and it will tell me the number of hours I have been. And I've realized that I spend a lot of time on my phone. Don't you think it will be wise for you to bring God in your phone? So that because you are spending so much time on your phone, that you will meet God there. Let me show you Pastor Pumi, I'm sure you have messages on your phone. Give us one. I want to show you that all of us don't wait for Sunday to have church. Me, I have church anytime. Yes. How many believe the will of God is being done in your life? How many are going to flow with the mystery of his will. We're praising him every day of this year. From victory to victory. Sit down for a moment, please. Isaiah 52, line 1. Do you see we are already in the church? Who else has message in their phone? Do you have, do you have your phone there? Yeah, take it. I want to show you that not all of us are listening to Nasty C. Yeah. I want to show you something. Ok, 
while she's getting it, is yours ready? Press it while she's getting hers. So I'm already praying. I'm in the service. I'm praying with the people. I don't need to come to church. I'm already in the church. Right in my phone. My phone is a church. My phone is a church. Are you ready now? Let's get it. Okay, same. We had a powerful time during the ISI Give Thyself Holy Conference. Do you see that one again? I tell you. Powerful. Let's play that one now. Is it ready? Is, are you pressing play? Is it on? No, it's not playing. It's not playing. It's not playing yet. I want one of my messages. I want you to hear my message. Who has it? You are having them. For him. I know you are here for Jesus. Hmm? Do we have women today who are looking for Jesus? <laughs> and the angel will look at you and say, "I know you are." I want a proper one. I've been preaching in this church. What is this? You guys are boring. Get me, get me proper something proper. I can't believe this. It's disloyalty. This is serious disloyalty I'm saying. The same sentence. In the same flow. They carry the same value. Uh-huh. Many people respect their curses. Yeah. Blessings produce life. Curses produce death. That is how it is. So I want to talk quickly tonight about curses. And curses. next week I'm going to talk about blessings. Because I need to deal with curses first. Yes. And I want to tell you offhand, I cannot deal with the entire subject in one night. Of course, it's impossible. But I'll be talking about it from time to time. So that you can get to understand how profound, how powerful this subject is. Hallelujah. Yes. It's clear. Some people listen to me during the week. Meanwhile, some other believers are listening to nasty sin. And that's why we can't have the same results. Listen to the podcast. Have this on your phone. Amen? And then the last one. Use your gift to serve in the church. 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 10. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Faithfully administrating God's grace in its various form. 
each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. Do you know that every time you use the gift God gave you, you get stronger? Do you know why God has to keep you strong? Because he's, he's using your life so he cannot let you to be weak. The more I preach, the more God gives me. The more I help, the more God helps me. That's how it is. Can you sing? Join the dancing stars. I mean the singing stars. Can you dance? Join the dancing stars. Can you sing in the mass choir? Join the greater love choir. Each of you should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. You know, Dr. Mas Monroe said something very profound before he died. He said, the cemetery is the richest place on earth. He says, do you know why? Because in the cemetery, you will find the songs that were never sung. The books that were never written. The churches that were never started. The houses that were never built. The albums that were never released. The messages that were never preached. People came to this world with all those gifts and they were buried with those gifts. They never used the gifts. Are you going to be buried with your gifts? Are you going to go back to the grave with all these things God gave you to use? You are depriving the world. People don't know what you can do because you are hiding yourself. You are not using the gift. I wonder what could have happened to you if I didn't use the gift God gave me. If I chose to hide it. If I was ashamed of it. Where were you going to be today? I wonder what could have happened this morning if Sese didn't use the gift. Until now, the song she sang is ringing in my head. God strengthens the people that are using what he gave them. He strengthens them. Do you have a gift in mobilizing people? Why don't you use it to mobilize people to come to church? Why do you sit on the gift of God? What are you doing with the gift? Many singers are not singing. Many dancers are not dancing. Many givers are not giving. Many builders are not building. Many mobilizers are not mobilizing. They are watching. They are watching. They are not using the gift. I'm challenging you this morning. One of the habits of a strong Christian is that a strong Christian uses the gift. They use the gift. Anything God gave you to do, use it. 
Use it. You know, there was a time I was 25, and there was a time I was 15. Right now, when our dancers are dancing, some of their moves I can try. The other moves I can't. Because that time is passing already. I don't have that agility anymore. Do you want to wait until you have passed your time to wish you had time? Each one should use whatever gift. They should use it. The gift is not to keep. The gift is to use. And not to use on yourself. The gift is not for you. The gift is to serve others. Serve others. Are you good with computers? Come and serve. Are you good with hospitality? Come and serve. Let's use the gifts. A live Bible church, San City, could be three times the size it is right now if everybody was using their gift. If we were all working together to build the kingdom of God. If the singers could sing. If the givers could give. If the preachers could preach. We will go very far. And God's name will be glorified. Glorified. Some of us have cars. Don't you think it's a gift that you have a car? That Sunday morning you can avail your car to help push the kingdom of God? Some of us have so many clothes and you come to church, you see people who don't have clothes. Don't you realize that God has given you a gift and you can use it? Some of us are good in certain things and God gave you those things so that you can help serve. You serve. Let's serve. And the more you serve is the stronger you get. The stronger you get. The stronger you get. The stronger you get. I am not here every time. I don't know what is happening. It is people that have said, look, I'm going to use my gift. I'm going to use my gift. Maybe you are good in getting things in order. Come and help us. Don't criticize us. Come and help us. You know, I am tired of people criticizing, but they have never offered to help. These people have never come and said, Pastor, can we do this? And I said, I, want, I don't want it. But they just stand and start criticizing. Why can't you come and say, Pastor, I saw one, two, three. Look, we can do it like this. I will be so happy. I will be so happy. Let's build the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters, we are here to work together. I believe that if you use your gift, many people will come to Christ. I believe it. I personally believe that if you decide today, maybe you have a gift in drama. Maybe you have a gift. I don't know what is your gift, but everybody here has a gift. And God says, use it. Use it to advance the kingdom of God. Use it. Don't keep it. Don't go to the grave with the gift. And one day you appear before God and you say like that wicked servant, okay, this is what you gave, man. I bring it back to you the same way you gave it to me. You want to know what we need in this church? We need people who can help us host visitors. The VIPs. Maybe you have a gift of hospitality. Pastor, you know, every month give me one Sunday. 
I will help to host the visitors. And you take it. Pastor, maybe I want you to come on Saturday and help clean the church. It's a gift. Pastor, I know how to talk on the phone. I want to come and call new people. That's what I want to do. Pastor, I want to help in this area. Pastor, I want to help in this area. There is so much we can all do. All of us. A strong Christian is not a spectator. A strong Christian is a participant. He is involved. He is not criticizing. He is participating. He is there. We are fighting together. We are building the kingdom of heaven together. Hallelujah. Are you blessed by this message? Rise on your feet and give Jesus a big shout of hallelujah. Praise God. Remember, I taught you one of the signs of a strong Christian is joy. I want to count up to three. When you hear three, be happy. I didn't say be tired. I said be happy. Tell your neighbor when you hear three, be happy. Amen. Are you ready to be happy? One, two, three. Receive joy! Receive joy! Yes! 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 Hallelujah! Don't you think it's even nice? You see how nice it is when we are like that? I mean, all like we just all stand. Hey! Today was too long. But when we are all excited, even angels are saying, Wow, wow, this is the type of church we must go to to help them. Let's go and help them. Hallelujah. Close your eyes and bow your heads. Father, give me grace to apply these seven habits. Help me. Help me, Jesus. I really want to become a strong Christian.